Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, June 26th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, so let's get it rolling, and we are going to start with the MLB as always. And I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty proud of these quick highlights because it probably won't be that quick. (laughs) So just some serious research on this one this week, folks. So the Tigers may be 31 and 40 on the season, but they beat the Royals on Monday after a five-run seventh inning. That is also the 12th loss for the Kansas City team in just 13 games. Yikes. The Pirates were so excited to debut top pick Henry Davis, but it was spoiled by the Cubs shutting them out 8-0. to zero. The Padres-Giants game went into the 10th inning before Giants center fielder Mike Yastrzemski hit a three-run home run to win 7-4. to four. The Astros have slid the wrong direction, racking up more losses than wins lately, including five straight L's. But on Tuesday, the Houston team played their former Cy Young winner, pitcher Verlander, and got the best of him. So the Houston team took home that win 4-2. Yankees pitcher Garrett Cole wagged his finger to the Mariners and their manager during that 3-1 win. The Cubs also won their second game of the Pirates-Cubs game. Was a win for pitcher Stroman, which was his seventh W in a row. The A's put up a fight in their game against the Guardians, taking the game to the 10th inning before dropping it 2-3. Giants-designated hitter Jock Pedersen hit the game-tying home run in the 8th inning against the Padres, and he also clinched the game in the 9th by taking a walk to win their ninth straight game. So might as well give him the MVP of that game. Rangers manager Bruce Bocce was ejected from Tuesday's game after a call on the field was overturned and so was the go-ahead run because the catcher blocked the plate. This is the 80th time Bocce has been ejected in his career. The Tigers beat the Royals on Wednesday as well with shortstop Baez getting his 100th career hit. The Giants won 10 games in a row, their longest streak since 2004, but it ended on Thursday when they got shut out 10-0 against the Pirates. The Nationals manager also got ejected in their makeup game against the Diamondbacks after arguing with the umpire about his strike zone. The Diamondbacks got the last laugh, though, winning 5-3. The Twins had their first complete game shutout in five years, beating the Red Sox 6-0. The A's lost eight in a row before beating the Blue Jays this week. The Pirates ended their 10-game loss streak as well against the Marlins. Otani, Angels, obviously Angels pitcher Otani, hit his 25th home run. That is the league's top number of home runs this season, and he hit it back-to-back with Mike Trout, but they still lost to the Rockies 7-4. The London series was won by the Cubs 9-1 over the Cardinals, and then the Cardinals won game two 7-5. 
The Reds racked up 12 wins in a row before the Braves spoiled the fun on Saturday. The Braves won 7-6 to six on literally both Saturday and Sunday. Same score. How odd is that? That, like, never happens. The Angels scored 13 runs in a single inning, the third inning to be exact, setting a franchise record for runs and hits. They won that game 25-1 to against the Rockies. Crazy enough, the Rockies rallied back the next day to beat the Angels 4-2. to So see, it doesn't matter what happens the day before as long as you can rally. The Astros also won their first game in extra innings this season on Sunday against the Dodgers. They won 6-5 in the 11th. Right fielder George Springer hit his 55th career leadoff home run in the Blue Jays' 12-1 win over the A's. And then the Mets had a complete breakdown, a.k.a. they choked, in the eighth inning on Sunday's game. The Phillies were down 3-6 to six before the eighth when they scored four runs off of just one hit. They were walked three times, hit twice, and reached base on an error. That wraps up MLB baseball, so now let's head to NCAA baseball, and we will have to hit on that again on next week's weekly update as we do not have a champion yet and we are headed to a winner take all game three that is actually being played literally right now but let's back up and on Monday number one Wake Forest beat number five LSU three to two in a close game which put LSU on the brink of elimination on the same day unranked Tennessee sent number eight Stanford home winning six to four in that elimination game LSU then turned around and shut out Tennessee the next day in an elimination game, beating the Vols 5-0. TCU finally managed to get ORU out of the College World Series, winning 6-1. ORU made it further than most people expected, so a solid season by the Golden Eagles. LSU then had to have a rematch against Wake Forest on Wednesday and had to win to stay alive, which they managed to do 5-2. All the scoring was done early in that game as no one scored a point past the third inning. So we know there was going to be at least a game on Thursday. The other semifinal didn't need that game three as number two Florida beat TCU three to two. And it was two to one Florida until the eighth when TCU scored the tying run. But Florida, frankly, didn't want to go to extra innings. So they got another run in the ninth to advance to the College World Series final. Now, who they were playing was decided Thursday in a winner advances game. And man, the game was a nail biter. We were zero to zero into extra innings. Only eight hits were totaled for the entire game after it ended. And LSU got a walk off two run home run in the 11th inning to advance. Needless to say, fans went crazy and they sent number one Wake Forest home upset. But moving on to the final, and in similar fashion, the first game, game one, we went into extra innings and to the 11th to be exact, and it was the same result as Thursday with the LSU Tigers winning that game with a walk-off home run. This game had a little bit more runs scored, though, as we went back and forth. LSU scored in the first, both scored one in the third. Florida had back-to-back one-run innings in the fifth and the sixth. LSU tied it up in the eighth and then obviously sealed it in the 11th. So LSU is just one game away from being national champion. So we head into Sunday's game, and it 
two started back and forth with LSU going up three to two into just the third inning. But that was when Florida took the like wheels off and just had no mercy. The Gators put up six runs in the third inning and 24 total. If there was a run rule in baseball, we would have hit it as Florida was up 13 to three after the sixth inning and continued to pile on scoring every inning, six, seven, eight, and nine. Also the five errors from LSU helped as well. 24 runs is a men's college world series record and is just one short of the largest margin of victory ever 24 to four doesn't feel good, but it all comes down to tonight to see if LSU can bounce back. Moving along to the NBA and the NBA draft was this week, but there was plenty of action before, after, all around the draft. But let's go ahead and start there. French national Victor Webanyama went as the number one draft pick to the Spurs who have had great success with French national players. <laughs> Tony Parker. <laughs> He also had a lot of anticipation around him due to the fact that he is 7'4 and yet plays like a guard. So one of the most highly anticipated draft picks in quite some time. Number two went to Brandon Miller, who was who played for Alabama, and he went to the Hornets. Coincidentally, those two teams will play each other on day one of Summer League. Also noteworthy was the Thompson brothers are the first brothers to go in the top 10 in the draft going pick four and five. And the draft also saw record ratings with 4.9 million viewers in the first round. Again, I think this has to do with, and he goes by Webby, by the way, Wemby. So, um, so I think it had to do with Wemby coming in as a highly doted on top draft pick. Before the draft, though, there were even some crazy movement and blockbuster trades, and this week actually begins free agency, so expect things to get even crazier. The Celtics acquired Wizards Kristaps Porzingis and sent Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies. Then the Wizards acquired Chris Paul from the Suns in exchange for Bradley Beal, and then immediately went and sent Chris Paul to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. So again, we're getting all kinds of crazy. These are very high up names, and I went to my NBA expert, Brian Halacha, because that is my NBA expert, because I do not know anything about basketball. I try to keep up. But Brian was telling me that it is going to be one of those seasons that makes the NBA playing field very level. So it ought to be a pretty crazy free agency season, but get excited as it's making the NBA better. Moving along to some football news and LSU vacated their wins from 2012 to 2015 due to recruiting violations. That recruiting violation specifically was benefits that were paid to a father of a former athlete by a booster. These wins were taken away as a self-imposition, but could affect Les Miles' eligibility for the Hall of Fame. Most coaches in the Hall of Fame have a winning percentage of basically 660, so 0.600. Without the wins during that time period, Miles has a winning percentage of 
1.597 between LSU, OSU, and Kansas. Now, with those wins, his percentage is extremely impressive at a 0.665. Overall, his record for the three schools was 145 to 73. Those win total, that win total drops to 103 now that those wins are vacated. A coach is eligible for the Hall of Fame three years after he retires, and he has not coached as he was let go from Kansas after inappropriate contact, I guess we should say, with female students. Also, going off of NFL and NCAA, but the USFL playoffs were this past weekend, and the championship is Saturday. So the Pittsburgh Maulers played the Michigan Panthers, and that game was a thriller. Michigan took the late lead after a successful 55-yard touchdown pass, just 2:04 before the end of the game. Then Pittsburgh was fourth and goal from the six-yard line with just 44 seconds left when their touchdown was successful to take the lead back. Finally, with just four seconds left, the Panthers kicked a 47-yard field goal to take the game into overtime. However, that was pretty much where their luck ended as it was all Maulers in overtime to win 31-27 to and they advance to the championship. Now, the New Orleans Breakers and the Birmingham Stallions game was not nearly as fun to watch and not as close. The Stallions came out hot, leading 40-7 to by the end of the third quarter. And although NOLA scored more than double their points in the fourth quarter, it was frankly not enough. So Birmingham wins 47-22 to and has the best record in the league. So we'll see if we end up with an XFL kind of result where, um, if you didn't remember, the Arlington Renegades Gates had like one of the worst um, records in the league and then went on to win the entire thing when they were definitely an underdog. So TBD if that's what happens this weekend. In the world of golf, Keegan Bradley dominated the Travelers Championship. He shot a 62 and a 63 to make it to the weekend, tying Denny McCarthy for the lowest in tournament history through 36 holes. McCarthy was just a few inches short of the coveted 59, but settled for 60 in his opening round. That is his best round on tour ever, so I say settled very lightly. Also, Rory McIlroy had his first ace on tour, so quite a lot of news going on at the Travelers. This is also Bradley's sixth PGA Tour win, and he did it in record fashion with a score of 23 under par, beating the field by three strokes. It could have been more as he had only one bogey going into the final round, but dropped three shots in his final six holes. Now, this win means a lot to the Vermont native as it was actually the first tournament he ever attended. So he's always had his eyes set on this win. And so finally, after the sixth win, it is now his sixth win. So congratulations to Keegan Bradley and his family. A little bit of hockey news. The NHL announced a ban on players wearing warm-ups that are specialty jerseys. Now, this has mainly angered the LGBTQ community as some of their artwork was displayed on Pride Night, or at least it was supposed to be. This comes in response to the fact that some players were scrutinized for refusing to wear Pride Night sweaters last season. But it is all specialty jerseys that have been banned. So this includes NHL Fights Cancer, Military Appreciation, Women, and Black History Month as well. A little bit of Olympic news. We had some fireworks at the USATF New York Grand Prix with 
big names as nationals is only two weeks away for the United States track and field team. Noah Lyles won the 200 meters easily. A thing Mo made her debut in the 800 meter and looked completely in control. Cindy McLaughlin is perfecting her 400 meter flat and she looks dangerous. The 100 meter hurdles women's team looks like it's going to be just as hard as ever to make the United States team, but this year, so does the men. As Eagles wide receiver Devin Allen ran the fourth fastest time in the world this year and got second. We should all try to have better sportsmanship like the Belgian shot putter Jolene Bumquo, who ran the hurdles so that her team would not be disqualified. She ran the 100-meter hurdles in 32.81, 19 seconds slower than the first-place finisher. To put that in perspective, I ran 14 flat. So this meet was a team event, so Belgium would have been disqualified after both of their hurdlers pulled out of the event due to injury. So way to go ahead and put that team on your back. Like I said, a huge good sign of sportsmanship as a shot putter does not normally run the 100 hurdles. And then also this week, we have the Tour de France beginning and 2019 Tour de France champion and Colombian Egan Bernal is returning to the race for the first time since his near-death crash last year. Now, it was early last year, so he has had quite a recovery. He will be one of the eight riders on the Ianos Grenadier, God dang it, I cannot get this right, Grenadiers team. The race begins Saturday in Spain. So even though it is the Tour de France, the actual Tour de France will begin in Spain this year. You have no idea how many times I practiced that and I still couldn't get it right. So moving on, what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports, starting with MLB baseball, as we have a lot of sports winding down. Um, MLB begins Tuesday, Twins at the Braves at 6.20 on TBS. Friday are those Apple TV Plus games. Saturday, the Yankees at the Cardinals at 1.15 on Fox Sports 1. Then there's three games to choose from at 6.15 on Fox. That is either the Guardians at the Cubs, the Dodgers at the Royals, or the Rays at the Mariners. On Sunday, catch the Twins at the Orioles at 11.05 on Peacock, and then the Giants play, play the Mets at 6 on ESPN. Like I said, it is winner-take-all Game 3 for the College World Series Final. That is tonight, literally right now, LSU number 5 versus number 2 Florida at 6 p.m. is when that started on ESPN. Series is tied 1-1. For the USFL, their championship game will be the Pittsburgh Maulers versus Birmingham Stallions. You can catch that game at 7 p.m. on Saturday on NBC. In the world of golf, we are at the Rocket Mortgage for the PGA Tour. That begins Thursday, round one. You can catch it at three on Golf Channel. You can also catch round two at three o'clock on Friday. Saturday, the Live event at in Spain, round two, will be televised at noon on the CW. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, round three, will be televised starting at one on Golf Channel, and then it changes over to CBS at three. You could also watch U.S. Senior Open at 1 p.m. on on NBC. So we had the uh, PGA Tour US Open, then we had the women's major, now we've got the senior tour major. Sunday, very similar lineup. Live Tour Spanish final round begins at noon on the CW. Then Rocket Mortgage is at 1 and then 3 o'clock, Golf Channel and then CBS. And same goes for the senior US Senior Open will be also at 1 on NBC. 
This week, the last bit of hockey as Wednesday. We have the NHL draft. First round will be televised on ESPN at 7 o'clock. This week, we do have a Formula One race. The Austrian Grand Prix will be on Sunday. You can catch that at 8 a.m. on ESPN. For some Olympic sports, like I said, the Tour de France begins this week on Saturday, again in Spain. (laughs) So that begins at 7 a.m. on NBC. Also on NBC on Saturday, swimming U.S. nationals will be at noon on NBC. Catch it all on Peacock. That will actually start tomorrow at 7 p.m. every night on Peacock, but we will have it on regular scheduled TV starting on Saturday. The U.S. nationals, you if you make the team, you then get to represent the United States, which will take place at Worlds, which is in Tokyo or uh, in Japan this year, not Tokyo. On Sunday, you can catch the Tour de France again at 1 a.m. on USA if you feel like staying up for that or watching it after the bars, depending on what you're doing. And then Swimming U.S. Nationals will also be at 11 a.m. on NBC, and then it changes over to CNBC at 1 o'clock. That wraps it up for me this week. We have a lot of sports coming to an end with NHL, NBA, College World Series, but don't fret, only 60 days till college football begins. So I will be here next Monday before the 4th of July holiday for the next weekly update. Check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports for more, and I'll catch you all next week.